Well, one of the uh, things that uh, I mentioned earlier that I used to sing uh, to Noah when he was a, a little boy, one of the, when we first got Noah, uh, got him, like we picked him up at the store, um, his, his aunt, which maybe is the best aunt in all the world, gave Noah a book. I don't know if you've ever seen this book before. It's called, I Love You All the Time, and I want to read it to you today. It's story time, kids. In the front, though, I, I thought this was cool. I read this. Uh, this is from her. I loved you, Noah, I loved you before you were born and will always love you and be proud of you wherever God takes you. You can always count on my love. There is absolutely nothing you can do to lose it. March 3rd, 2007. So this is the book, boys and girls. I love you in the morning and all throughout the day. I love you every moment and in many different ways. I love you all the time. Is this how you do it, teachers, like this? Okay. All right. I love you when the clouds pour rain and when the sun shines bright. I love you when we count the stars and when we fly a kite. I love you all the time. You can say it with me, boys and girls. That's right. I love you when I play with you and when I work all day. I love you when I'm next to you and when I'm far away. I love you. You guys are catching on. I love you when I tell you no and when I say all right. I think it's funny that they're in the donut shop when that happens. (laughs) I love you when I'm mad at you and when I hug you tight. I love you all the time. I love you when I'm with my friends and when I'm all alone. I love you when I leave the room and when I'm on the phone. I love you all the time. You guys are doing great. I love you when I read the end and when I shut the light. I love you when I kiss your cheek and when I say sleep tight. I love you all the time. Last page. Even when you can't see me, I love you all the time. Insert child's name here. You can put your name in there. I don't know if you're catching on, but there's a theme today. It's all about God's love. And, and love is one of those words that we say, and, but when we think about it, it kind of encompasses a lot of different things, doesn't it? Love. We use that word a ton, and we throw it around a lot. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at what God's love is all about. So if you would, if you have a Bible, turn to 1 John and uh, we're going to look at 1 John chapter 4. And if you're not real familiar with the Bible, if you go to the very end of the book of Revelation and then flip over, there is 1 John. And uh, it's kind of a, a little bit of a lengthy passage. So you, you, uh, if you don't have it on your phone or on your actual, your physical Bible, then you can take a look on the screen. And the author is this guy named John. He wrote the Gospel of John. He was one of the apostles. In fact, he was so into this concept of love that when he was writing in the book of John, He didn't even call himself John as a disciple. He said, remember, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He referenced himself that a couple times, the disciple whom Jesus loved. So the disciple whom Jesus loved writes a letter, and it's all about love. And so what I encourage you to do is for the next few verses, if, if your mind wonders and you need a little help today, see if you can count how many times the word love is used in the next several verses. Here we go. Are you ready? Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. 
Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, and whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him, and he is in us. He has given us his spirit, his Holy Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in, in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In the world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. We perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. He whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love his brother and sister. Whew, that was a lot of love in there. So how many times did the word love used? 26 on the money. That's it. I do not have a prize for you, but in my mind, it's in a. I have a bottle of water for you. Today's theme, there you go. It's a lot of love there. 26 times he mentions it. And right at the middle of it, you can't miss it. He says this God is love. It's pretty simple. God is love. Now, just try to wrap your mind around that for a second. Is that God is love. That God, it's like, it's who he is. He is love. He defines love. He cannot fall in and out of love. He is love. He cannot, uh, like, like water, it doesn't get wet. It already is wet. That's what it is. Now, there's a Chick-fil-A that is opening down the street. It just opened on Barker Cypress. Yes. It was a great moment for the Hawkins family. Barker Cypress, we don't have to quite go as far for Chick-fil-A now. And as they're building it, you probably, you could probably recognize it, even though they didn't put the big sign that says Chick-fil-A coming soon. Why? Because all Chick-fil-A's pretty much kind of look the same, don't they? Right? And more than just the outside, because some places the outside looks uh, maybe a little different, but on the inside, they all look the same, don't they? Don't they? You get the same kind of food. The same kind of quality, you get the same kind of service, you get this, the same sweet tea, the same, I love those lemonade frozen drinks, those are amazing, I don't know what they are. Have you ever been to a Chick-fil-A and they served pizza before? No, because it's Chick-fil-A, all right? And Truett Cathy, when he, in, he came up with this idea, when he created it in his family, they basically put together a, a form of what, what Chick-fil-A looks like. Now, if you went and bought a Chick-fil-A and said, you know what, I'm going to start serving barbecue there because it's Texas, they're going to go... Uh, no, you can't do that. You know why? Because it's a Chick-fil-A. 
And this is what a Chick-fil-A looks like. And so God, he basically is, is love. He defines it. Anything that God does is a loving act. And, and he's the one that sets the definition of it. Webster doesn't define love. Our experiences don't define love. Our emotions don't define love. He is the author and creator and perfecter. He has the copyright on what this love is all about. In fact, something I've thought about, have you seen some of those beautiful sunsets we've been having? The sun, the sun, it, it, much like this, the sun, God's love, it radiates out. He is actually love, and he radiates, radiates out love. It's his very nature. Now, you know this probably already, but this love that he's talking about is this word. It's a Greek word, agape, agape love. It, you maybe have heard that maybe in passing, but it, it's, it's different because, like we were saying, love has a lot of different Forms, don't we? we? We use to say, I love pizza, I love my dog, and I also love my wife. That's not a, you should not, those are, you're just kind of throwing the, I love the Texans most weeks, I love, I love church, I love God. Those things are not equally there. Uh, in fact, there's these different words for love in the Greek, and I'd love for us to have a, less, a Greek lesson, but we're not. We're not gonna, we don't have time for that, but there's the, the ooh-la-la love. Let's just call that romance. That's, that's not God's love. When I appreciate something, when I like something like pizza or like some of you do, like cat, funny cat videos on YouTube uh, or things like that, who doesn't? Uh, but that's not the kind of love that God's talking about. There's this emotional, ooey-gooey kind of sit on the couch with Oprah, kind of emotion love. That's not the kind of love that we're talking about. So God paints a picture. He tells us. He gives us some qualities. He shows us what this agape love is all about. He says, first of all, love is a choice. It's, it's not a feeling. You don't fall in and out of it. It's a choice that you make. And he says that, that I first loved you. He initiates this love he talks about. And it's a kind of love that's not waiting for a response back. He acted first. He first loved us. And then throughout Scripture, you see these different describer words uh, about this love, that love is patient and love is, is kind. It doesn't, it doesn't envy and it, it doesn't boast. It's not rude or proud. And it doesn't rejoice about injustice. Or, but it, instead, it rejoices with the truth. It's humble and it loves mercy. God never, God's love never gives up, and it never loses faith, and it never, it always has hope, and it always endures during different circumstances. So you start to hear these words that describe this agape love, and, and Scripture starts to tell us what it's all about. And, and we see that love, God's love is, is different than, than the kind of love that we maybe have experienced before. I uh, went uh, to a concert uh, a few years back, and uh, it was actually, I think, in Waco at, at Baylor. It was a group there called uh, Gunger, a uh, great group, uh, Gunger, and uh, they sing that song, Beautiful Things, if you've ever before, heard it before. And the outside of the concert, they had the merch table where you can buy different merchandise from the band, and there was a shirt that was out there, and it was a heart shirt, and I began to read it, and in the middle of it said, God loves everyone. And in this heart, there's these just different words. And at first, that, that makes sense. That some of the words kind of jump out at you. Like God loves lawyers and racists and hipsters and thieves and Republicans and Democrats and homosexuals and heterosexuals. God loves porn stars. God loves 
And then I started to feel uncomfortable when I read this word, terrorists. God loves everyone. And it's just name after name after name in there. Because it's describing God's love. He loves everyone. He loves everyone. And he begins to paint this picture of what love looks like in action. And with his words, he talks about these stories like the Good Samaritan. You remember that story? There was a man that was beaten and robbed, and multiple people walked by. Even the religious people walked by. But there was this man, the Good Samaritan, that stopped and helped the man and clothed him and, 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 and helped him to, to get back on his feet and nursed him to help. This is what, that's what love looks like. It's, it's love in action. He says this, love goes the extra mile. Love, when somebody steals your shirt, you, you, your tunic, you give them their, your shirt as well. He's painting pictures with, of this word love, and it's unconditional. And I love this, this uh, definition that I saw this week in a commentary. Unconditional, a love that seeks the highest good for the one who is loved, a love of total commitment this heart, this no conditional love that God has. So he's talking about this. We see this throughout Scripture from the beginning and, and, and to the end, this love of God. But it's a little different when you can see it in action. Uh, this week, uh, I've gotten some help from a friend, Lonnie. Uh, we have a, a room that's about three rooms down from this direction on the right side. Our college young adult crew, they are just, uh, it's amazing, they're just blowing up as far as numbers-wise. Uh, they were meeting in a, in a small room that's a, basically fit for, for 10 or 12, and they had about 16 to 18 kids on there on Wednesday night. And so we basically said, you know what, we need a bigger room. So we knocked down a wall, and, and now we have this bigger space for, for young adults to meet on Wednesday. If you're in that category, we'd love for you to, to join us on Wednesday nights at 640, actually at 7. And it's just a passionate group who loves the Lord and, and loves spending time together. But we knocked down this wall, and, and I don't know if you know this, but these hands are not uh, gifted with the powers of construction and building and other things. In fact, these are very soft hands. I've never gotten a manicure. Uh, if you have, a, you don't really have to make eye contact with me, guy in the room, uh, but these hands were not made for, like, building and, and shaping things. So I, I invited a friend of mine, Lonnie. Uh, Lonnie is uh, somewhere in the room. He might have slipped, slipped out. But Lonnie's been helping me to take the wall that was there. We knocked the wall out, and then we have to drywall and to mud, and we're going to texture soon. So every day this week, for just about an hour or two a day, I've come in, and we've done a little bit more of this project. Lonnie is an expert uh, at this stuff. And so... What happens usually every day, I, I am clueless when it comes to drywalling, mudding, or any of that, that stuff. Maybe you're more of an expert, but he comes in and he will tell me what we're doing. We're going to cut the drywall. We're going to shape the drywall. We're going to put it in this direction. He gives me verbal instructions, and then I see him actually doing it. Uh, he, he begins to, to, to do the mudding and, and places it on with that knife thingy that has a better word than knife thingy, uh, out of that little bucket thingy that you take the mud out. And, you, and he shows me, and then for the next, you know, 90% of the time, I, I'm doing it. And he's watching me do it, and then occasionally he'll, he'll jump in. And when he does it, it's, honestly, it's quite different. The mud is just like perfectly going on, and it's going back in the the bucket thingy, and when I am, am trying to put the mud on, it's just like there's mud flying everywhere. All this week, I've been picking it out of my, my leg hairs. Um, 
But each day, it gets a little better. It gets a little better. Like when I'm hearing the instructions, it just doesn't compute always. When I'm starting to see it, it begins to, to set in. And then when I actually do the action, then I, I grasp hold of it. There is a, a, a poem that, uh, that, that is written that talks about the best sermons are the ones that can be seen. The best sermons are the ones that can be seen. Action is how we really get a concept or really figure that out. And so what Jesus does, he doesn't just talk about love. He demonstrates love, doesn't he? He does it through relationships. He did it in the beginning. God did with Israel. And in all the Old Testament, you see this relationship with Israel where he just doesn't give up on this people that continue to turn their back on him. He will not give up on, on the people of Israel. His love is is just massive, and his compassion is great. He continues to rescue them. He's patient, and he's seeking his best for his people. In Jesus, we see it where he, he comes down, and, and, and John told us that. He said, I showed, he showed us his love by, by coming to earth and showing us a way that Jesus taught and lived, but he showed it by, by hanging out with, with sinners and tax collectors and people that were outcasts and people that were to society were throwaways. And then he demonstrated his love by serving others, by helping others, by healing others, by washing feet. Now, this is so important to get. In a few weeks, we're going to have Halloween. And people will put on costumes, and they will take those costumes off. Jesus did not put a costume on, okay? Remember in Aladdin where Jasmine dresses up like a townsperson, but then, you know, she's really a princess the whole time? He didn't, Jesus did not put a, a, an outfit on of servanthood. That's who he is. He is humble. He is one that, that gets down and is, and is born not in some fancy palace, but where was he born? In a stable. This is who our, our God is. And he loved us so much that he demonstrated that love for us. But while, while we were still sinners, he actually he died for us. He died for us. Now, when you get a hold of that love, when this agape love, when you receive it, when you take it in, can I just tell you, it's amazing. When we've been, we've been talking about these last few weeks about who God is, that God is good, that you can trust him, that God wants his, the best for you, and that he loves you. And when you receive that love, Something happens inside of you. You begin to look different. You begin to be secure with who you are in Christ. You begin to, instead of having fear rule your, your heart and your life, he gives us something else. He gives us peace. He doesn't motivate, actually, as, as Scripture says, through fear. He motivates how? Through, through love for us. And when you experience God's love firsthand, he transforms our hearts. He transforms the way that we see others. He transforms everything in our lives. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. But there's a problem. The world does not love that way, does it? It doesn't have an unconditional love. That thought, that phrase, man, that's a tough phrase to even wrap our minds around. There's a song that's been in my mind all this week. Uh, it's a song from the 80s. I don't remember it because I was a child in the 80s, uh, a young child. Uh, tainted Love. Uh, does anybody remember that? There is a tainted love. 
that, that, that we experience and have, and, and we see that uh, all around us. There's some bad narratives to love. And the first bad narrative is this, is that it's based on your performance. That love, or even God's love, is, is based on your performance. There is another kid's story uh, that's there. It's out there. Uh, it's a great one. You Are Special by Max Lucado. I don't know if you've ever read that one. It's a great one to pick up for your kids. But in, in You Are Special, it talks about this, this character, Punchinello. And he lives in this town made by the master wood carver amongst the Wemmicks in the town. I think it's Wemmickville uh, or Woodville, one of the, the two. And in the town there, all the Wemmicks, they go around with black circles and stars. And if you do something really well, if you are gifted in something or if you accomplish something, you get a star. And you, you get this star on, on you. And then if you mess up or you say something off or, or bad or you just trip and fall or you, you're not so great at school, you get black dots. And so little Punchinello, he never gets stars. He only gets black dots that he's just covered with. And you can just see it on his demeanor. He, he's almost willing to do anything to, to get a, a star. And in our world... It just kind of seems the same, that love is based on performance. Love is based on what you can do. And when, when we, we have a view of love like that, it honestly, it just taints what God had in mind. It's not what God had in mind, and it, it kind of just pollutes his form of love. Because God does not love you based on what you can do or what you can't do. He loves you. What did we say at the very beginning? unconditionally. He loves you all the time. Remember the story? There's another bad narrative. There's a bad narrative of this, that, that, that love has conditions. Love has conditions. There's conditions to, to this love. I will love you if dot, 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 and you just put the, the blank there. I'll love you if, but like we said, God's love is unconditional. And other places we say, well, I'll love you if if you're a friend, or if you're, you're nice to me, or you're kind to me, if you are a family member, if you're someone that's, then I'll re- reciprocate that love. But if we, we live with that kind of love, that's, that's the love that we see around us. But let's be honest, that's not God's love. That's not the way he is telling us to love in this picture at all. In fact, he tells us this. You're supposed to love not only your friend and your family member, but you're supposed to love your enemies as well. Can you imagine hearing that? Love your enemies. Everyone, even tax collectors, he says, loves people that are good to them or kind to them or friends. Everyone loves those people. Love your enemy. Wow. Well, I'm not going to love my enemy. I only give love to certain people in my life life. And let's be honest, that's okay, because that's the way our world operates, because love here is conditional. But, but here's the thing, and, and this is hard to wrap our minds around. What God's Word tells us is this, because we're sinners, that we were all enemies of God, that we'd all turned our back on God, that we all, in that list of things that we said earlier, thieves and, and liars, we all kind of fit into that category, and, and this is what God's word tells us. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, we were, we were separated from God. 
And yet, what? God, he loves us unconditionally. He loves us all the time. There's another bad narrative that, that, that this love has to be, has to be earned. That it's, that it's something that, it, you know, if you will love me first, then I will love you in return. Have you ever had that moment before where you're, you're going out with someone and they say it first? They say, I love you first. And then you have this moment of going, or I'm in love with you, and you don't necessarily feel the same, and you have that thank you moment. Uh, what do you say in that moment? Uh, but, but for some, love that we're talking about is, is totally different, and it's confused with something else completely. In fact, there's another word that, that I think seems familiar or similar to this love, but it, it's not. It's, it's called lust. It's where we look at people as objects that we can, we can use and, and, and throw away. When this love becomes very self-centered and self-focused, it's not what God had in mind at all. And it may seem like a good thing at the time, but it only just pollutes God's intention of love. Lust is, is probably one of the, the, the farthest form of that when we just use people. And, and not just in a sexual way, but, but in various ways. We, we use people for, for our own needs and desires. It pollutes what God's intentions were. So here's the question for you today. Have you ever, have you ever settled before? Have you ever just settled for something? Now this is not the time to look at your spouse or your neighbor or your friends, Okay. Or your pastor, okay? Uh, I, I think we settle all the time. There are times in my mind I have something very specific. I want, I want fajitas. And the best fajitas I think in town are beef fajitas from Lupe Tortilla, okay? I can smell it in my nose, all right? The beef sizzling, all right? Oh, it does, you, you cannot go to... Lupe tortillas and not leave just feeling extreme. You just, you just have to just stuff as much as you possibly can. But sometimes we don't have time for that. We don't have maybe even the money for that or the whatever for that. And so we settle for Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> this is a real picture. Okay? Now here's the bad thing. There are some people that are settling and they don't even know it. Okay? Think about this. Right now in the world, right now there are people that don't have, they don't have clean water. There are, are, are places around the world, there's 70, 783 million people that lack access to safe water to drink. And they've never known any better. And now that's all that they have to experience. Can you imagine? Our kids did this water walk a few weeks back for VBS and trying to put themselves in the feet of kids and families that have to walk miles to get to not clean water, but to polluted water and have to deal with the, 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 the pain and the, the disease and the things that come along with that. And, and, and like the stats said there, I think it's one out of every five deaths of children under, under the age of five is due to water-related issues. There's a, a group, if you're interested in getting involved, this is a total side note. This is a group called Blood Water Mission that we try to give to regularly. 
and, and it's ways of getting clean water into these places. But there, there are people that are just settling for polluted versions of love. And not only that, here's the worst part about it. When, when you receive that and take that in from others, when you receive that kind of love, and that's the only kind of love that you know, we pass it on to other people. We pass it on to other people because that's the only thing that we've ever known. We don't know any better. But God talks about a totally different kind of love, a totally different kind of love. So how can we restore and redeem and even redefine this broken version of love? Well, there's a a passage in Romans that talks about this verse. It's a great verse. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. It starts with your head. You have to begin to identify God's love and reject the bad imitations. Have you, any of you ever played the game Taboo before? It is a horrible game, I believe, uh, because it involves a buzzer. And have you ever seen this buzzer before? It makes the most annoying noise that you've ever, it's a is that pretty accurate? Have you ever and if you mess up, there's like this meh, meh, that's right there all the time. It's, it's horrible. Uh, but what I would hope and I would, what I would like is that there would be a buzzer in our, our minds. When we see bad versions of love in the world, that there's this, this buzzer that would go off inside of us. It would go, that's, that's not what God had in mind. That's not what God intended. That's, that's, that's selfish love. That's self-centered love. That's, that's, that's not agape love. Now, how can we possibly even have that buzzer in our heads and our hearts? How can we even filter out all the junk versions of love in the world? It's only through the Holy Spirit. It is only through the Holy Spirit living inside of us that helps us to change the way we think through discernment. And discernment is being able to have the wisdom to know God's love and to separating it from something else. And so my prayer for us today is that we would have discernment, that you would have discernment, that you would see in your own heart and your life things that are, are not of God, things that are selfish, things that are, are self-fulfilling and, and, and not, not from him and not what God's designed for us. That, remember that story Punchinella, no, the Wemmicks? Something amazing happened to him. He saw this girl, her name is Lucia, and Lucia did not have any stars or any circles on her at all. And so Punchinella said, how in the world you don't have, how, how do you not have stars or, 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 or circles, black circles on, top, on your body at all? How, how in the world? And she said, well, every single day, every single day I go to Eli, the wood shop work, uh, maker, the guy that created us all, and he reminds me of who I am and that I am loved by him. And when I go to the master's shop, they start to fall off. These performance-based dots and, and stars, they begin to, to fall off. And that's what I hope that we would do, that we go to God and remember and receive God's unconditional love and remember what that's all about. The next thing that I think we can do is this, is that we can recognize and celebrate God's agape love when we see it all around us. And it's all around us. Sometimes it comes in sources that doesn't even know it. 
I was, uh, I was taking my trash out on Tuesday, or actually it was Thursday, it was trash day, it's Thursday, and I go uh, out to, to look at the trash and, and add some to it, and my trash had been torn up by some kind of monster, crazy animal in the middle of the night, some, I don't know, Tasmanian devil, and it, the trash is all over the yard, okay? And I go, oh, no, they're not going to pick up the trash. They're not going to pick this up. It's just going to be left here. I'm running back inside to get another trash bag, okay? And when I do that, it's, uh, I, I run back around the corner, and the trash guy is already there. And I think, oh, we're just, just going to leave it. But, but you're not going to guess what he did. He was picking up my trash. He was picking up my trash from around my yard. Trash guys don't do that, okay? Uh, just the ones I've, I've met, maybe, maybe different, but... He was picking up my trash, and he was adding it to the rest of it. God's love serves others. I see it in moms, that when their kids, I don't know if, if you've experienced this before, when your kids just try you to the, the very limits, and they demonstrate patience in the midst of screaming and schedules, that's God's love. I see it in, in moms and dads who have kids that are just at the edge of, 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 of life and things, and I, and, and not being able, not willing to give up on their kids at all, and willing to, to keep fighting and, and, and never giving up. I, I see it, I saw it in a story about these, this, this, this group of guys and, and, and girls that are in Syria in this war-torn country that they are going out, they're calling the White Helmet Group. And they're, they're going out into bombing areas, and they're looking to rescue kids and people that are there. And, and, and in one video I saw the other day, it was a, a worker who dug for, for I think it was, it was hours, looking for a family. And finally, a, a little baby comes out, and he is just in tears. And he says, I feel like that this is, is my child. I mean, he never met her before. I saw it uh, when I heard of families and church members that when a, a young man who is, who is obviously uh, just acting in evil goes into a church and, and, and kills a whole bunch of, of people in Charleston at a Bible study. And this church and these families say, we forgive this young man. That's what God looks like. That's what God's love looks like in the world when we go and we live out this love. And can we be honest for a second? This is supernatural love. This is not love that we have inside of us. It's only when God comes inside of us. He is the source of this love, and then we can reciprocate that out to other people. We can give this love out, this, this, this purified love out to other people. So, and this last thing is this. You have tons of opportunity to put this into practice. You have practice. You have thousands of, of, of chances throughout your life to demonstrate love where you come to crossroad moments. Am I going to love like the world loves or am I going to love like God loves? Am I gonna, going to love with this agape love or am I going to love selfishly? Am I going to extend grace to someone that, that probably maybe hasn't earned it, doesn't deserve it, or am I going to withhold that love? 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God did not give us a spirit of, of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. So this morning, 
I don't know uh, where you're at with this love thing. I don't know what kind of love that you give and what kind of love that you receive, but what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us is he wants to purify our polluted, toxic versions of love, so much so that we can give it to other people. And so, I just invite you, Garen's going to come up, and uh, there are tons of, of bottles of water around the room, and uh, the first thing you have to do before you can give God's love is that you have to receive it. You have to receive God's love. You have to, to know firsthand what it's all about. You have to, to not only hear with your, your ears that God loves you, you, don't, you have to not only just see with your eyes examples of love, and, and we see examples all the time as we see it on people, around people's necks, the form of a, of a cross. We see it, but do you believe it? Do you go to the shop every day and, and re, are you reminded that there's nothing that you can do to earn God's love? There's nothing that you have ever done that disqualifies you for God's love. That he loves you so much that he wants a relationship with you. He wants to purify your heart. He wants to make your love holy and pure. And not only that, does he wants you to experience it firsthand. And I pray that you do, and I pray that you have. But he wants you to give it out to other people. He wants you to pass it on to people all around you so they can experience firsthand. Because how do we know what God's love is? Is it just through words? Or is it in seeing it in other people's lives? When we extend grace, when we extend mercy, when we give something to someone when they haven't even earned it, they've done nothing to earn our love. Folks, you've done nothing. You will never be able to earn God's love. It is unearnable. When we extend that to other people, they see it in action. And we become God's love in the world. But the only way that you can do that, because this is supernatural, folks, is if the Holy Spirit is inside of you. That God's love, if you've experienced it firsthand. And so this morning, I just invite you to come up. Maybe you need to take a few minutes and you just want to pray. Maybe you just need to go to the shop this morning and remember that, 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 that nothing you can do can earn that love, but you just need to receive God's love. Maybe you need to spend some time and there's someone on your heart and your mind that you're having a hard time extending love to. And you need to spend time asking God's help in that because what happens is this, we act once and it gets a little easier and you figure it out a little bit more. And again, and again, and again, sometimes you come to hard choices, but love is a choice. Love is a choice. That's the kind of God that we have. So I encourage you, spend a few minutes, uh, just a few minutes praying. 
grab some water, experience that. Maybe you want to grab a few bottles and you want to hand it to someone else this morning. I'm going to pray for us. You have permission to walk and pray and grab at the same time, okay? Can you do that? Let's pray. God, you're good to us. Lord, we thank you for your love in our life, God. Lord, I pray that we would experience daily. We would receive daily your love for us. God, help us to not confuse it with other things. Lord, help us to to filter out maybe some of the bad experiences that we've had with humans and, and love. Help us to know firsthand what your love is all about. God, I pray for the person in the room that their view of you is a view with fear in their eyes. God, I pray that your, your cross and your agape love would, would cover that up, where they would see the truth about you, that you are not out to get them, but you want the highest good for them. You want the best for them. You loved each and every one of us so much that you died for us. God, I pray that we would hear that with our, with our ears and we would receive it in our hearts today, Lord. God, I pray for situations with families and friends and coworkers, Lord, where there's tension and there's hurt and there's, there's hurt feelings. God, I pray that, that your love would abound in those places. God, that you would give mercy or that you would give hope Lord, that you would give patience, that you, God, would, would, would place selfish feelings with selfless feelings. God, I pray that every single day that your love would be perfected in us. God, none of us is perfect. But Lord, we want to strive toward this perfect love. God, I pray that you would purify that in every way, God. Lord, I, I pray that you would cast out lust and ob, just objectifying people and things and 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 attitudes that would say that this whole world and this whole thing is all about me. God, that's not who you've called us to be, Lord. God, I pray, pray that you would purify hearts and minds today. Lord, I pray that your, your word would shape us and mold us, uh, not only this day, but every day. Lord, we love you and we lift these things up in your precious holy name. Amen. Amen.